Hi there. Welcome to Reclaim You, a podcast published by the Reclaim Therapy team. Join us as we share stories, tools, and insights on how to reclaim you in the wake of trauma, disordered eating, and body shame. Grab your coffee, tea, or your favorite snack and get cozy because we're about to dive in. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Reclaim You. Emily's here today, and we're going to do some myth busting. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Hey, how you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Good. Emily had a fun idea of doing some myth busting around therapy. I didn't say that well. You say it. I mean, I feel like that was fine. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna bust some therapy myths. Ah, uh, that's it. That's yeah. it. We're gonna bust some therapy myths. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think these are a lot of questions that we get from folks we work with, or that we maybe see on the internet and things like that. Yeah, and I think that some of these are very common things that come up for people in therapy and are things that people feel like they're not allowed to talk to their therapist about. So yeah, let's just get ahead of it. Totally. I'm with you. I'm with you. Let's spill the tea. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Let's spill the tea. (laughs) It's like the we have a pillow in the office that says spill the tea. I love it. It's my favorite pillow. Yeah. Oh, I love that pillow too. That's a good one. Uh, That's a good one. Everyone should have one. Yeah. I want that in my house. Yeah. (laughs) I know. Like right when you come in the door. Uh, all right. So first myth, we're going to myth bust. You have to be struggling to go to therapy or have a problem to talk about in every session. Mm-hmm. Spill the tea. Yeah. I think it's a huge block for people who maybe want to go to therapy or could really benefit from therapy. But it's that that like, oh, you know, maybe I knew someone who went to therapy and like they had this big thing that they were working through or like how therapy is represented in the media. It's always this very severe, like time sensitive thing. And and I think that people think, oh, well, like the thing that I want to work on isn't like that. So like, should I even go? Am I wasting my time? Am I wasting the therapist's time? No, like therapy is, I think therapy is for everyone. Mm -hmm. And there are so many things that we can work on. There's not, it doesn't have to be, I mean, it can be, you know, a big trauma or something like that, but it can also be, I mean, it can be so many things. I I like can't even think of like one thing because it truly can be anything. And I think that ties into you know, even in starting therapy or like when people are in therapy and have kind of made progress, it's like, oh, well, like I don't have anything to like fix this session. Well, like that's okay. We can talk about strengths. We can talk about goals. We can talk about things that you've already accomplished. Um, We can brainstorm. Like it, it doesn't always have to be something to fix every single time. And that's okay. Yeah. Totally. It feels like the underscore is that if you're suffering, you deserve support, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you want to get clear on your values, you deserve support. Yeah. yeah. Anything. Yeah. You just deserve support. Like there doesn't have to be a, a qualifier there. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. Totally. So the next myth we have to bust is therapy leads to major insights every session. Um, 
Mm-hmm. That's another big one. That is another big one. And I think that that also comes to, from, you know, how therapy is, is often represented. It, it seems like it's you go in and the therapist like drops all this knowledge and these big truth bombs. And it's like, oh my God, I never thought about how this thing that happened when I was five, like changed the entire course of my life. And that's not how it works. Like a lot of times it it's slow work. Like we have to get to know each other. We have to kind of build that relationship. And those big revelations and those big realizations, those are going to come over time. And I actually think that that's more beneficial to to kind of do that work slowly so that we don't end up getting overwhelmed. Because that's also the last thing that we want to do is like bring a client in, like bring all this stuff up, like dig too deep too fast and then run the risk of making things much, much worse. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I, I know it can feel frustrating sometimes of like, why is this work feeling slow? Or like, why, why is it, you know, I, I don't come in like and on the first session, like have it all figured out. And I totally get that that's frustrating. And that, that slow, meaningful work, I think is, is more infa- impactful and, and honestly, like longer, longer lasting. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I can relate to that in some ways of wanting to just like get to it, you know, like, mm-hmm. let's do it. Let's dig in. I mean, from the client side is what I mean. You know, like I've been dealing this, with this for too long. Like, let's just do the thing. And you're so right. You know, and I tell my clients all the time, there's a reason why we're focusing on like having lots of resources to help you mm-hmm. stay afloat for when we crack the door open to see what's behind there or, you know, where things are rooted in. So you're right. It's such slow, slow and purposeful work. Like it's all for a purpose, you know? And I think sometimes when it's, you know, a client is coming in, there's something going on. It's like, okay, I want to resolve this as quickly as possible. I think sometimes that also doesn't leave room for that relationship building side of things. And also, other things are going to come up week to week and and you're allowed to be like okay let's pause on that goal that I came in with like maybe I want to talk about how I had a bad week at work or I had a mm-hmm. fight with my partner or like another stressor came up we're we're allowed to shift and kind of weave back and forth yeah um, and I think sometimes when it's like oh like I have to have these like massive insights every session sometimes we'll neglect bringing up other things that could be helpful to touch on. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of, I'm thinking of like boring self-care, right? How we really encourage people to engage in boring self-care, things that aren't glamorous and like manicures and massages and facials and whatever bubble baths, right? Sure. Mm -hmm. Those are well and fine if you enjoy those, but the little things like slowing down and starting to understand what it's like to feel a little bit, right? These are all the little ways to take care of yourself. I'll link to a blog or I think it was a podcast Casey and I recorded on boring self-care. I can link to that, but it's the same thing of building the safety in the relationship with your therapist, like you said. And Mm -hmm. these like little teeny tiny small steps can lead to the bigger things. Yeah. And I think it's important for the client and the therapist to remind themselves Nobody's doing anything wrong yeah. if there's not these massive 
breakthroughs every session. Mm-hmm. The client's not doing anything wrong. It's just like you were saying, it's it's slow, purposeful work. And and there is, they will come, but it, mm-hmm. it doesn't happen right away. And so in alignment with that is the myth that you're going to make progress. I'm using your quote quote unquote progress super fast so it goes hand in hand with that other myth yeah absolutely I think they're they're almost like one in the same progress I I think the true meaningful progress is going to happen slowly over time as you feel comfortable in the therapeutic relationship and that doesn't that doesn't happen the first session yeah we have to flip progress on its head right the idea of like what is progress and is progress related to this pressured kind of hyper vigilance of getting it all figured out right now or having the big breakthroughs right now how Mm -hmm. how can we track that of what feels pressured what feels like you have to do you know what feels like you have to have the breakthrough right and how does that also contribute to the way that you're showing up in the world Right. It's like this this trend of go, 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 which our culture promotes when maybe progress is sitting with the discomfort of slowing down. Right. Like that can just be progress. Yeah, that's I think that's another really important point is redefining progress, because I'm thinking of anxiety, for an example, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, working with clients who have anxiety and I see that they're making progress. Like I see that like the physical symptoms of anxiety are are getting better. They're sleeping better. Their appetite is back. Um, they're they're able to connect with others. But that anxiety is still there because it doesn't necessarily go away to a certain extent. We're we're gonna have some anxiety like that. That's just how we're we're built. It's it's kind of a it motivates us, you know, mm-hmm. like there is yeah. um, some kind of healthy stress and, and it doesn't yeah. always go away. So it's like, oh, but I still feel anxious or I still feel stressed. And it's like, it, it doesn't have to, progress doesn't have to be that symptom completely going away. It's disappearing forever. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's here, but I'm managing it. Mm-hmm. Or it's not, not completely blinded by it. Yeah. 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 So the next one we've got, this is a good one. Therapy is just talking or your therapist talking at you. And another way to put it is therapy is just about your therapist giving you advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is what, oh, this one really gets me. Uh-huh. This one really gets me. Uh-huh. Because I, again, like, I just feel like therapy is just represented in this, like, totally bogus way that's, like, not actually how it works. And so I get like why clients, you know, come in with that expectation. Like I feel like when I first started doing therapy, like way back in the day, like I thought the same thing. Mm-hmm. I think it ends up being like frustrating for the client and the therapist. Cause like on the one hand, the client's like, okay, I'm here, like fix me. And then on uh-huh. the other hand, the therapist is like, I don't, I need a little bit more. What's going on? What's uh-huh. going to you? Like uh-huh. where are you at? So uh-huh. it kind of, can I think this one can lead to some awkward situations where you think of people just kind of like sitting and staring at each other, which is not what we want at all. No, no. But it's a really collaborative process. You know, I, I think that I love when clients come in and, and we get clear about goals and each week we do a check-in, but then they're like, you know what, this came up and like, this is what I want to work on this week. That's really helpful for me to be like, okay, let's talk about it. Or like, let's bring up some 
grounding work. Let's, you know, maybe we're doing some EMDR. Like there's so many different things, but hearing from the client specifically what they're experiencing, what they feel like they're doing well, what they feel like they want to work on is is then easy for me to kind of come in with a framework of like, okay, let's try this and see how it feels. Yeah. And I think it's really this process of not imparting our opinions, right? Our opinions of what people should, quote unquote, or shouldn't do, but mm-hmm. supporting clients to come home to what they think and what they feel is mm-hmm. right for yeah. them. Because, yeah. you know, yeah, I mean, I have opinions because I care about people, mm-hmm. you know, I care yeah. about the folks that I work with really deeply. And so, of course, I have opinions, but that's my business, you know, and that's why I have like supervision and consultation and peer right. groups and all of the things, you know, it's not my job to impart that onto clients. And sometimes clients directly ask, I want your advice. I want your opinion. And sometimes I'll give it right. And lots of times I'll support them in sharing what they hope that I'm going to say, because maybe that's really what they want to do or what they need or whatever mm-hmm. it is. So there's so much nuance to it, you know, but it's not Hey, Emily, I need your advice. Should I break up with this guy? And you're not going to be like, yeah, right. dump his ass, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that too, therapists kind of fall into that like medical professional realm. And I feel like there's a lot of intimidation there sometimes, mm-hmm. like, especially with doctors, that it's like, oh, like they're the professional, they're the expert. If they say something that's going to work for me, like, obviously that has to work for me, but like everybody's different. Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes if someone's had that experience with a therapist where they go in and they're like, do this, this, and this, and then they try it and it doesn't work for them because not everything's going to work for everyone, we're going to feel like we did something wrong. We're going to yeah. feel ashamed. We might drop out of therapy and mm-hmm. feel like, it was our fault. That's not helpful. That doesn't feel good. Yeah. It kind of reinforces this yucky kind of hierarchy of power that mm-hmm. I think like inherently can exist in the therapeutic relationship, right? It's important to name that, yeah, you're coming to see a therapist for a service, right? For a relationship, for support, for treatment. And I think us in our practice, we try our best to bring it down to a level playing field of human to human. Sure, we have lots of training. And we do lots of things so that we have a broad skill set to support people. And we really want to make it equal human as much as we can while acknowledging there is some power differential. So we don't want to abuse that by providing advice that's going to flip you on your head and be like, well, you told me, right? But it's not not our life, right? It's not our body. It's not our life. We want you to figure it out and support you in doing that. Right. We're kind of here to to co-navigate and maybe gently lead at times if we, if that's needed. But with your, I always tell clients, right. right. Like I always try to tell clients, no one knows you better than you. I don't know you better than you. Like you're the expert, you know, your strengths, you know what you need. Maybe we need to work on getting more in touch with that. But at the end of the day, it's you, like the, it needs to come from you. Yeah. All right. Next one. You're not allowed to give feedback to your therapist. <laughs> I again, I think it comes back to that that power difference that we just talked about. Like it's the they're the expert. I can't question it. What if they get mad at me? It's it's really intimidating for sure. And you know, there might be some therapists out there that aren't open to feedback, but I, I think 
a good therapist, we welcome feedback. I love when clients come in and are, this thing that we did really helped me. Or I tried this thing and it didn't work for me at all. Or, you know, can we have more structure in a session? Or can we have less structure in a session? I love getting that because it helps me make sure that we're using the time in a way that's most beneficial to the client. Totally. It's reminding me of the podcast recently with Abby about breaking up with your therapist. We talked a lot about this actually in people pleasing maybe can make it really hard to provide feedback or ask for a different direction or share that maybe needs aren't feeling seen or met or even like your therapist seems distracted or something like that. But all of these things just feel so important to be able to like repair the relationship so that you don't feel like you have to part ways because it's not working or you don't feel seen or you don't feel heard. All of those things. Feedback feels so helpful because like we also can't read minds. Right. I was just going to say, we're not mind readers. And going back to that, every client is different. Every client has different needs. We we can't go in with like a one size fits all or like, okay, this is what's going to work for this person. It's It's always most helpful to hear that directly from them. Totally. And hopefully the relationship feels safe enough or comfortable enough. Maybe it doesn't feel safe, but maybe comfortable enough that exchange can feel okay. Or an email or a text, right? I was going to say, yeah, I I would not mind that at all. And I tell clients that if there's feedback, if you want to email me between sessions or like text me between sessions and like, let me know something that worked that didn't work, something that you want to hear more of or less of in our next session, like totally do that. I love that. Absolutely. Yeah. And so what about you're not allowed to ask your therapist questions about themselves? Mm-hmm. Another good one. Uh-huh. Another good one. And again, that that power <laughs> difference, uh-huh. I think it comes back to that relationship of like, if it's a professional relationship, you shouldn't ask them questions. And I think vice versa for a lot of therapists. Like I remember when I was in grad school, like my professors kind of like, just every single class being like, don't tell your clients anything about you. Mm-hmm. You know, they ask you something to flect and ask them why they asked you. And like uh-huh. that always felt so bad to me. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, because yeah. yeah, like it's not about me. I'm not going to show up to the session and be like, oh, this is what happened for me this week or this is what's happening in my life. Uh-huh. But I think in that relationship building, clients want to know things about you to feel comfortable with you. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to deny that or be like, why are you asking me that? Like it's in that situation, like it's a person trying to get to know another person because they're going to be sharing like very intimate parts of their life with them. And I also think especially in in this work or really in general, Clients want to know that you have experience with what they're going through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I I always think that that can be a helpful conversation too. Like I, yes, I have the education, I have the training, but like I also get it because I've been there. Like I think that those can be really important, really impactful conversations. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And it feels important just to say it's not you're logging into session and your therapist is going to be like, well, 
Let me tell you about the argument I had with my partner because man, he yeah. sucks, right? Like no. we don't not like do that. Or, you know, I hear you because let me tell you this crazy story about X, Y, and Z, right? Like, that's not what we're talking about. No, no, absolutely not. But if a client, let's say it's like the first session or something, and they're like, you know, tell me about you, like, tell me about your education or like what made you want to get into this field. I've had clients ask me if I'm in recovery. I've had clients ask me, if I'm married, like things like that, I think that there's a purpose for those questions. And I I can see how that's helpful in those moments. So like, I'm not a robot. Like I'm going right. <laughs> to answer the right. question. That's okay. Totally. I think it helps the relationship as long as like you were saying, it doesn't become the therapist using the session. session for their own therapy. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Like we have our own therapist for that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And also, you know, just to point out too, that a lot of the relationships that we have with folks are really long-term. So I know for me, many of my clients have seen me through both of my pregnancies and, you know, have seen pictures of my children, things like that. So like, it does become a really kind of sacred relationship where I think there is this sharing of parts of ourselves and parts of our experiences with consent, of course, you know, but it does, it just makes it so much more human because, you know, if you hear my kids screaming on the other side of this wall and I'm like, you know, nothing's happening. This isn't impacting me at all. Right. Like that's robotic. That's not human. Absolutely. Okay. Let's do one more. Your therapist has it all together. I think that's a good one to to end on. We do uh-huh. not. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Or an answer. We do not. And because we are friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's that's all I got. Um, no, we are humans. We're not robots. And I think a lot of times, at least most people that I've met in this field, we get into this field for a reason. And a lot of times we get into this field because we've also dealt with our own struggles with mental health, whether it's an eating disorder, anxiety, depression, addiction, anything. Really, we we get into this field because we know how hard it is and we want to help people. So this this idea that therapists are these like pictures of mental health no one is. We all have our struggles. We've just gone to school and hopefully have done our own therapy and uh-huh. know know some things that are helpful in in starting to take the power back from some of these struggles. Yeah, something that I think is really cool about our practice as a little plug. I always say this too is that it we're just not people who are talking the talk, right? The clinicians on this team are also walking the walk, whether that's in recovery from an eating disorder or trauma or both, you know, anxiety, people pleasing. I mean, we talk about people pleasing a lot. Perfectionism, right? Like these are things that, you know, we do this work for a reason. Like you said, people come into this work for a reason and we've done a lot of work, each of us, and continue to do a lot of work. So we're still maybe a little unhinged, but also (laughs) are like on the path, you know, we're on the path. Yeah, absolutely. And we also just like live normal lives, you know, outside of mental health struggles, stressors are going to come up. We're also going to have 
conflict in relationships. Like we're going to have family things that come up. We're going to get sick. Like we're going to have all the the normal stressors that everybody else deals with too. And just because we're therapists doesn't mean that those things just like don't get to us. They do. They do. Again, because we're just we're just normal people. Right. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Which again yeah. is why we have our own therapists and consultants yeah. and supervisors and right like, totally. like these layers of support yeah. to help us navigate it all. But I think I know personally, and this is even tying in with like the, you know, sometimes like purposely like sharing. I I appreciate when a therapist that I'm working with tells me like I've been through something similar or I've had similar struggles. I feel like it normalizes the work, but then it also normalizes that like the work kind of ebbs and flows. There's going to be easier times. There's going to be harder times. And that's okay. That's normal. Totally. And to add to that too, is that it's our job as the therapist or our therapist's job to manage any what we call counter-transference, right? To acknowledge when, you know, when things are seeping through the screen or across the room. It's our job to seek support and navigating that. It's never our client's job to take care of that. Like we can repair it relationally together, but it's our jobs to to figure that out outside a session, you know, and to repair in session. Totally. All right. Those are some good ones. We do have a few more, so we could do a part two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anything to add before we go? I think there were, those were some really good ones. I'm glad we we got through all those. And I hope this is a helpful episode. And if it is, yeah, let's do a let's do a part two. Yeah. Let us know what you think. Shoot us a message or an email. Yeah, we can do the rest. There's a handful more that we have that, that we didn't really have time for. But yeah. Well, thanks, Emily. This was a great yeah. idea. This is great. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, everybody. Uh, We'll be back next week for another episode. And until then, take good care. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Reclaim You. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe and check us out on YouTube at Reclaim You. If you're looking to start therapy for trauma, disordered eating, or body image concerns, head over to our website at www.reclaimtherapy.org to learn more about us and our work. We'll be back next week with another episode. Until then, take good care of yourself. Mm -hmm.